And welcome back here on another episode of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. And oh, all right, I like this a lot better. <laughs> I like this after a Bearcat win much better for Northwest. Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but hey, 52-31 win in Washburn against the Ichabods, spoiling their homecoming. And a uh, big episode coming up for you here. Let's talk about uh, what's coming up. So we'll be talking to Bill Huddleston, previewing uh, the Bearcats' upcoming uh, weekend trip to Tahlequah to take on Northeastern State. Wesley Miller from the uh, Northwest Missourian will be joining me as well. Cole Elwood is this week's player interview. He's a senior on this Bearcat team, number 33. See him flying around all the time on special teams. And Mr. Eli, the Bearcats' According to Eli, all that and more coming up, including some clips from post game from head coach Rich Wright, from running back Tank Young with his first career 100 yard game, and MIAA Defensive Player of the Week Carter Olson, and some uh, clips from Coach Wright on Media Day as well. So, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of content coming up here on this week's edition. And uh, unfortunately, I was unable to go to the game, I was in a, uh, was in a wedding. And uh, and so Eli nor I got to watch the game live. In fact, we watched it on Sunday and uh, he, he wanted me to wait. So I did. And we uh, watched it together Sunday afternoon, had issues <laughs> with the MIAA network. I'm hoping I don't have more issues. I tell you what, uh, there's been the Hayes game, the Washburn game and then this Northeastern game. The only three I'm actually using the network to watch and uh Anyway, we're two for two and having all kinds of problems. So I know everybody craps all over the MIAA network. I was hoping with Huddle taking that over, it would be better. Um, you know, and you still have the issues of, well, do you want to listen to the announcers? I suggest if you're watching the game live, it's a great thing to sync up uh, the uh, public media app for KXCV and listen to uh, Matt and, and John on the Bearcat Radio Network. But uh, if you can't do that, we actually just muted it and uh, and listened to it that way with uh, um, all due respect to <laughs> Jake LeBon for the uh, voice of the Washburn Ichabods that I had on the podcast this last week. But uh, it was the timing wasn't right. Anyway, all of that stuff aside, the technical part of it is the thing I've been most disappointed with. And because uh, I know a lot of the people running all of that stuff are volunteers, which then don't charge one hundred and forty dollars for it anyway. I'll digress because I could go on a whole rant about that, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. So anyway, um, here are kind of my thoughts. I actually took some notes as I watched the game, which is a little bit more than I uh, usually do. I'm not going to go over everything. If you want to recap, go read on Bearcat uh, uh, Bearcat Sports. You can go do that. Um, but uh, the first quarter was obviously a, a rough start for the Bearcats. Some Kind of some tough breaks on a couple of those interceptions. You had a zone blitz where a defensive lineman got an interception, and then a blitzing linebacker batted the other uh, in the air. Um, but uh, Carter Olsen had a great start to the game on defense with uh, uh, a sack and, a, and that interception on the first drive, and obviously him getting to be MIAA Defensive Player of the Week was a, is a pretty great honor for him. Boy, what a wealth that the Bearcats have at linebacker. You know, you think a, a guy like Isaac Volstead going down, which is who's is great. He's the heartbeat of the defense. I think he's one of the main leaders of uh, of the defense and of this team. A guy like him goes down, you think, oh boy, um, 
And um, I'm not going to say we haven't felt that at all, but boy, Carter Olson sure makes you feel pretty good about the future at middle linebacker for the Bearcats. He has played really great. I think this is just his third career start, and he got an MIAA Defensive Player of the Week performance. Honestly, I was watching the game, and I saw that, and I was like, man, I hope Carter gets Defensive Player of the Week. But I didn't know how all the other games went and everything, so it was great to, uh, great to see that. But uh, also nice to see some uh, some tight ends getting in the passing game. Zach Atkins, big number 46, uh, catching. And he had some great blocks, too. Great block on a tank run. Um, the defense had a great stand at the five to force a field goal. And those two scoring drives where Washburn scored their first 10 points of the game, I think they were for 22 combined yards. And so, uh, you know, the defense really, really played pretty well. And then the offense kind of turned it on in the second quarter. You're down 10-7. Mikey with a great uh, pass to Trayvon, great throw on the run, and it was a great catch as well on that first one. Tank Young was, I tell you what, he he has been one of the real bright spots on offense. I mean, obviously, talk about Jay Harris, but Tank, uh, I'd be interested to know this. Uh, I'll uh, my research team has let me down. It's just me, by the way. There is no research team, but you already knew that. Of, uh, I would love to know the last time a Bearcat player had a 100-yard receiving game and a 100-yard rushing game in the same season. I would say if it's been done in the last 15 years, maybe Jordan Simmons. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know if they were in the same season. He wasn't always the feature back. So, um, But he would be my pick. I don't think it's probably been done since him. But anyway, that's interesting. Of course, Tank getting his 100, uh, 100 yards rushing this week after the 100-yard receiving game against Western. Great throw and catch uh, the second go-round for Mikey to Trayvon, who really, Trayvon Alexander, I tell you what, is a guy who's come on and and kind of almost made himself the the you know wide receiver number one. And, uh, and you know, he's a guy that we know, we, we've seen flashes of it, and he's obviously a guy that's battled some injuries and other things. and and uh, But, boy, it's really nice to drag the foot on that uh, second touchdown catch as well. Secondary played really well in the first half. I know, obviously, we're going to talk about the second half and giving up some big plays. But uh, the block punt by Trayon Jones, and, you know, a guy who's, you know, who's kind of saw his playing time in the secondary, you know, diminish throughout the season. Um, great to see him with the block punt score his uh, very first career touchdown. I think his first career block punt. And uh, what is it, three? Three out of the last four games, I think, We've got a block punt. I know the last two. So uh, so that's definitely good to see. And, uh, you know, you had the weather delay. That kind of threw some things around. But some big pass plays on defense kind of plagued the third quarter, especially. Listen, Washburn's a young team. But, man, they have some really, really good athletes. I'm telling you, all these true freshmen that they're having play, um, you know, isn't, you know, obviously they don't want to be one and eight at this point. Uh or one and nine. I mean, at this point in the season, but uh, I think the future is is fairly bright for that team. A lot of them from Georgia too. A lot of really good young skill players um, on Georgia. I mean, their defense is really struggling, but they got some playmakers on offense. And I think the future is uh, is bright in Topeka. It's just you know you kind of got to weather, take your lumps with so many youngsters, and uh, you know kind of weather the storm. But after after the the weather delay. Cup some great runs by Tank and Jay. Tank has the nice touchdown catch. Um, the offensive line really helped to close out the game in the fourth quarter. 
But it was sloppy. You know, you had some turnovers. You forced four. So that was definitely good. Um, you know, Wintrick Williams, it was it was good to see him in. A lot of blocking. But we definitely seem looser and more aggressive on offense. I think that was, you know, and a lot of different guys played. You know, I, I will talk more about this because uh, I don't want to, you know, rain on the parade here after a uh, after a performance like this. It wasn't perfect, but it was what you would expect to see out of your offense against, you know, a bottom two team in the MIAA on defense in yardage and in points, and we faced the bottom in both this week in Northeastern State. Um, but it was a game you needed to get your confidence up, make some plays. It was sloppy, but that's okay. Kind of played loose, kind of played free. Um, that was kind of nice to see. I think that's a thing that's been missing. There's also, you know, you got to look at some different players. And uh, I think that is something that I personally wanted to see. Um, not necessarily, you know, a player not playing, right? I'm not saying, ultimately, listen, I don't care who plays and who doesn't. I, you know, just like I don't care what coach does what, whatever. It makes no difference to me, okay? Um, I'm I'm not, you know, uh, invested in that way. I want everybody to be successful. I do. But it's nice to see some guys getting opportunities. Um, you know, when we, when there have definitely been some players that have underperformed on offense this year. And uh, anyway, it's, it's nice to see a few more guys play. We get to see that on defense, and we did, and that's probably why with – you know, trying to rotate guys in and out. It's probably why there were some breakdowns defensively on some big plays and things on Saturday. But those are all learning, you know, teachable moments that, you know, you kind of sometimes just have to make those mistakes in a game in order to uh, to be able to to grow and learn and, and kind of move past that. So um, overall, listen, you needed to win. Pretty comprehensive win. You know, a little sloppy in the second half after the weather delay, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't a great game. You didn't want to stand on the sideline, let alone um, you know go out there and, and be in that. So uh, anyway, overall, that's that's good. You know, I think you give it a, a pretty strong B, B plus maybe performance. Not perfect. You know, it's a situation where listen, if you're critical, then it's you're not going to stop being critical, right? So anyway, it is what it is. Good performance from the Bearcats, something you like to see, and a, and a really good response too from, uh, you know, from from the fellas, which they needed it. I mean, you know, everybody was was pretty down after that pit game, and uh, anyway, you know, I mean, listen, you're taking on especially these these first two games against Washburn, against Northeastern, you know, a couple of the bottom teams in the MIAA. About any way you look at at it statistically, definitely defensively, and in the case in Northeastern and. You know, their last offense, defense, and uh, and all of it. Um, they're they're uh, second to last in yards given up, last in scoring defense, last in yardage on offense, last in scoring offense. So, you know, you expect another good performance against Northeastern. It's a little bit of a shame, I think, that uh, this game is on the road just because you can't take as many guys as if we were at home. You know, this might have been an opportunity where we see some of the true freshmen with a new rule where you can play in a few games and, and keep your red shirt. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, it would be nice to have Lincoln and Northeastern both at home. Heck, do it every year. But unfortunately, that's uh, that's not the case. So, you know, when the schedule comes out, I expect probably we get Northeastern at home next year. But we'll see. But um, 
anyway, and of course, with all due respect to those young men, it's not like they're um, not trying and fighting hard and everything, but this is a team that the Bearcats should, should uh, you know, if all cylinders are clicking, should easily win this game and get some confidence and, and gear up for a big emotional game next week. We've got Senior Day and, and all of that to talk about, and, and we'll talk about all of that stuff. So a few clips that I wanted to, uh, to share with you and post-game comments from head coach Rich Wright and, and get his thoughts on the game. I felt like in, it was a tale of two halves. I felt like the first half we played really well defensively. The only points that they had in the first half were off of two turnovers. Really kind of dominated the game. They had 95 yards total offense at half. Come out in the second half, the one thing we couldn't afford to give up was big plays, and what did we give up? Um, so, you know, it's a teachable moment, but our offense <coughs> did a great job of rushing the football today, um, particularly in the second half. We got the possessions the way that we needed to, and we, you know, at the end of the day, we came out with a win. That was it. I mean, I talked about it last week. Right? Ultimately, you just had to win. Didn't have to be pretty. You just need a win, and there's definitely a lot of reasons for confidence. It wasn't perfect, but you know there there kind of been mistakes throughout the season, right? And that's you know that's kind of why we are sitting here at, at five and four at this point in the season. But that's okay. You'd love to make those mistakes and win a football game, right? And that's what the Bearcats did. And ultimately, hey, you, you got to take that. You're just going to have to be happy with that. And uh, you know, I mean, heck, you, you don't give up the 98 yard touchdown, Washburn. You know, as there's a hundred extra yards of offense, they they would have been a little bit closer to about three hundred yards of total offense, maybe just a little over that, if you could not give up that big play. And things look a whole lot different, you know, than boy, 56 24. That yeah, that's you know, that's a pretty nice uh, nice margin of victory there. So uh anyway, you know, it happened. You can't discount it. It is what it is. But, um, you know, just some kind of correctable mistakes. And, you know, coach isn't going to be happy if the defense gives up three points, <laughs> let alone 31. So uh, maybe a better opportunity for the Bearcats against the uh, league's worst offense um, in Northeastern State. Will I predict a shutout? Northeastern State, by the way, has been shut out four times this season in uh, nine games. Could it be five and ten? Well, stay tuned to see what Eli and I have and the predictions here at the end of the Bearcats, according to Eli. Now, Washburn also faked a punt earlier in the football game, and uh, that kind of led to the Bearcats defending the punt, ending up blocking a punt right at the end of the first half. Trayon Jones blocked it and ran it in for a touchdown. Here's what Coach had to say. We had gone with returns the entire first half, and um, they had faked that one, and we weren't going to let that happen again. So I just told Brandon, go for the block, and we got it and score points off of it. So that was good. I mean, hey, that's a heck of a way to end the first half. Pretty exciting there, blocking a touchdown with less than 10 seconds left in the first half. It reminds me of, um, although, you know, a different game, lesser stage, but back in 2009 against uh, California out of Pennsylvania and the PSAC in the uh, national semifinal in uh, in 09 there. And I think it was Billy Creason scored the touchdown of that block. It was right at the end. There were seconds left. Or heck, time might have even ran out when he ran that into the end zone. I don't know if he's the guy to block it, but he was, uh, Billy Creason was definitely the guy to score the touchdown on that one. So uh, just a similar type of moment where time was running out. And boy, you know, 35 to 10, you feel pretty good about that at halftime. Of course, again, talked about the second half and and that kind of happened. But um, boy, talk about, let's talk about offense, right? Tank Young's a guy who's who's getting some praise. Obviously, 
kind of forget Jay with all the tank talk. You know, Jay Harris, 123 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, a, another game. He's nine for nine now, rushing for 100 yards in the season. The Bearcats ran for 265. Tank Young with, with 109 yards on just 12 carries, uh, over nine yards a carry. And, uh, and and caught that touchdown as well. Talked to Tank. Uh, you know, it's kind of a thunder and lightning thing with him and Jay. Talked to him after the game, and and he talked about the uh, you know the cohesiveness or the uh, the yin and yang, if you will, of uh, Jay Harris and Tank Young. Basically, we like two different running styles, but. He don't want to go run into people. I run away from people. So him running into people, loosening it up, and me just coming in to run away from people, just it works out perfect. And I'll tell you what, Tank Young has been one of the stories of this season to me. I think he's one of the most improved players. And when I had Roberto Davis on before the season, he talked about that. And, you know, Tank Young's a guy, he does like to run a little east and west sometimes, but when he runs north and south, he is absolutely dynamic. And he has done a heck of a job this season and uh, you know he's also shown how well he can catch the ball and and he talked after the game about that catch in the back of the end zone as well i knew i got defeated um all week we've been practicing that same play man coming to me actually in practice i didn't get my feet in so i'm glad i got my feet in on game day hey we're do we're glad you did too tank heck of a touchdown catch in the back of the end zone and uh you know he's you start thinking about next season in the the uh, three-headed running back, you got some other teams, Mo West, Pitt State, with their own versions of kind of three-headed backfield. You you uh, you know throw uh, Jaden Brady into that mix with Jay and Tank, and you know hey you know I don't know if there's enough touches for all of those guys, but you feel pretty good about uh, whoever's in there. Not no disrespect to any of the other guys. You got a Wintrick Williams who looks like a good you know great good guy for the future he kind of is is a little bit something different or two kind of a bowling ball back there we got to see his blocking um you know we've got to see guys you know like eric richardson who is boy he can really run a uh, uh, jackson miller who's got a real interesting skill set and uh you know a la randy schmidt maybe um you know that's that would be something comparable to that of a guy that can throw and catch and run um you know, I haven't seen Jackson punt, but I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he could do that too. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, boy, you look, you're looking at a whole lot of weapons. We're just talking about one position at running back, and uh, not even talking about defensively. You know, talk about Carter Olson, MIAA Defensive Player of the Week, joining his teammate Jake Fisher as the uh, two Bearcats to win that honor this year, and deservingly so. Hey, a couple of tackles for loss, a sack interception he was in the right place at the right time and and had a chance to catch up with Carter after the game and he talked about what it's been like filling in for a guy and, and playing in place of a guy like Isaac Volstead my first year last year I really just played special teams but this year jumping into it uh, Isaac's been really helpful um, just with the game plan stuff and different techniques that he uses but definitely big shoes to fill um, with Isaac he's one of the best linebackers that's ever played here so I just tell him before every game that I'm going to try to play hard for him and do my best and live with the results I mean hey the results were pretty good. The results have been good, and they were really good on Saturday, including that interception. And uh, here's what Carter had to say about how that play developed. I honestly thought it was going to be a run play. They had, I think, 11 in with a tight end. But 
Um, I looked back when I saw his pass and tried to get underneath the dig route. And I looked at the route and then I looked back at the QB and the ball was just in my face. So I guess <laughs> I was in the right place at the right time. And lucky to snatch it and hold on to it. You know, Carter Olson is just one of a group of really good young linebackers that the Bearcats have. We know about Andrew Dumas. We know about Isaac Volstead. Bryce Crone, a guy, a sophomore who's really shined this season. And, uh, you know, Carter's a sophomore. Great group of sophomores at linebacker. Other guys we've seen see meaningful minutes, not just this game, but throughout the season, Parker Bowen and Carter Edwards and Jacob uh, Forslund as well. Cody Simonsic is a youngster. You know, the brother of uh, Kellen, quarterback of uh, of Washburn, he comes highly touted out of Smithville. Ben Ines is a guy who's shined at times on, on special teams this season. And, uh, you know, he and uh, and my guest this week, Cole Elwood, a couple of guys that are pretty fun to watch on special teams fly around and hit people. That's uh, They both really shine in that Western game and, and have at other points this season also. But I'm telling you what, that's, that's a pretty doggone good linebacker room. and And of that great room, you lose one dude in Isaac Volstead. Listen, that's a he's a big piece of that. Don't get me wrong. Two-year captain, one of the, you know, one of the great linebackers that, that's played at Northwest. And uh and oh, yeah, you got a young man Carter Olsen stepping in there and not experiencing a whole lot of drop-off, if really any at all. And uh, that's uh, that's pretty special. And and Carter had a chance to talk about what kind of linebacker room they have and and how those guys fit together. A lot of these guys are young, but we've really been here three or four years. And honestly, Dumi and Isaac help us so much in practice and in the game. So it's been good to get this experience and kind of lean on each other, lean on Isaac and Dumi. during these times but yeah it's been good good to get a lot of guys in there and build the chemistry especially going forward these next two games and then next year as well it'll be big well and it's hard not to talk about next year right you know with all due respect to the seniors this year i mean hey they're still playing for for pride in their career and uh, want to go out on a good note winning these last three games in a row and i get that but you know we're, we're so hyper focused on kind of the next thing what's next it's i have a hard time not getting excited <laughs> and and w- i want to talk about you know some of the young players not just a linebacker all over this team a lot of really good young players a lot of great juniors but the sophomore class is huge you know all over the field pretty much at every single position group and uh Anyway, it's it's exciting to uh, to talk about, but anyway, try not to spend too much time. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end of the season and things. And and again, wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but it was good, definitely above average overall. And uh, you know, something like we all kind of needed, and team included, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, the the next opponent, definitely this week's opponent, Northeastern State, all due respect to them, is somebody, you know, the Bearcats should be able to handle fairly easily. And even Nebraska Kearney, you know, a team that's uh, definitely not had the kind of season that they were hoping. But I, I didn't know maybe that they drop off this much, but I wasn't particularly sold on them. Anyway, we'll talk about them um, next week. Another team that the Bearcats should probably beat by a couple of scores at least. So anyway, we'll have more to talk about. But let's talk more about this Northeastern matchup. I mentioned last in scoring offense and yardage, last in scoring defense, second in uh, yardage defense, I believe only to uh, Emporia, which again, 
the game against Central killed their yardage. But uh, anyway, you know, it's it's a game you would kind of, you know, a, a game you're expecting the Bearcats to not have a whole lot of trouble with. But they're going to have to come out. They're going to have to uh, come out focused and uh, and come out and play well. But it's a game you should be able to play well, and hopefully every single player that travels to the game down to Tahlequah should hopefully be able to get out on the field, and uh, we'll kind of see what happens. Coach Wright on at the media luncheon this week talked about this Northeastern State team. I think they've really gotten better. Um, they gave Central Oklahoma all they wanted. Central Oak got up on them. Uh, Northeastern came all the way back and led it actually uh, for a time in that game. So they're improving. Um, you know, they're obviously not where they want to be. Uh, but, you know, like I tell you guys every week, you know, in the MIAA, you got to go someplace and you got to play well or you're going to have a chance to get beat. So we just got to go down. I doubt that there's going to be a huge crowd. I doubt that there's going to be a lot of atmosphere. We're going to have to create our own energy. And, um, you know, the, the drum that I keep beating for our kids is that we've got two weeks left as, as this football team is going to be configured ever again. You know, that this is the last time this will be the makeup, you know, with our seniors and everything else. So enjoy the two weeks and play our best and, uh, you know, let it fall where it may. And honestly, you know, this is something that doesn't probably talked about enough, but have some fun doing it. I mean, listen, there's a lot of pressure. There, there's no doubt about that. But I feel like sometimes in us fans are 100% guilty of this. And this is something that I, you know, try to do, try to, you know, I have, you know, my son is a big part of this journey with me on this podcast and, and uh, you know, transitioning from just, you know, bleacher dweller to pseudo media member, whatever you want to say is try to enjoy things a little bit more, you know, try to, and I believe coach Wright and I had this conversation after last season. If you go back and listen to the season recap, you know, we talked about, um, and he even said, you know, sometimes you're in the middle of it. Don't do as good of a job of celebrating, um, the wins, enjoying the victories, having fun, right, with all of the pressure and some of the negativity of this season. I think there that is something that definitely should happen these last three games. And, uh, I mean, obviously, hey, you want to win, right? And and let's do that. But, hey, if you can have some fun doing it, and that's, that's why I kind of said what I said about the offense. You know, it was kind of fun to let them, you know, they kind of turned it loose and, and uh, you know, kind of played more free. You saw some you know, some different plays and play calls and things that maybe we hadn't really seen prior that, um, you know, been kind of clamoring for, I think. And so that was, uh, that was good to see. And, and coach Wright also talked at the media luncheon about kind of how this team has responded and how he's been happy with, with how they've been responding and how they responded this last week and, and bouncing back from that pit loss. Yeah, our kids have been resilient. Um, they have a lot of pride in this program, a lot of pride in Northwest and themselves. And so they want to finish on a high note. We've talked uh, extensively how it's going to set us up going into next season. And uh, yeah, so uh, everything's been really good from that perspective. Something I think we need to remember as fans is, listen, however upset we get at a loss, right, or, or a poor performance or whatever, is that the coaches and the players are the ones that have to live this every single day, right? They, that, that's their life. That's literally all they think about. You know, I go to the game, maybe get upset, talk about it on the way home. I don't know, maybe, you know, you know, a little short or grumpy the rest of the day or, or whatever it is. And, uh, 
you know, within a day or two, hey, you know, Monday it's back to work and, you know, focused on family things and whatever. And, and, uh, yeah, maybe hop on the message board on social media, on the fan page, whatever. And, and, uh, you know, listen to the, you know, different coaches shows or, or podcasts or whatever throughout the season. But, um, you know, these guys don't, there isn't any break. There isn't any unplugging from this. It's, it's literally all they do. I mean, yes, they're student athletes. They go to school, but every single place they're walking around campus is a reminder, right? I'm sure people say things to them throughout the day. The same with the coaches. You go to High V or wherever, you know, somebody's going to say something about it. There, there's, I mean, they're they're in the middle of this, living it, and their disappointment is so much greater than ours. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't expectations or maybe consequences, right, for for poor performances, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all part of it. But ultimately, I mean, hey, <laughs> these guys are absolutely invested. And uh, I don't know, you know, they are all, they're also all human beings, which, you know, kind of bleeds into be kind, because kindness makes a difference, right, at the end of the podcast. And I'll, I'll continue to say that. So just things, and listen, I say this not to preach at you, but also as much as a reminder for myself, right? Um, you know, because sometimes I need that too. So anyway, there we go. Well, let's uh, let's get on. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the player interview. You know, one of the things I, I really try to do, and I try to get all the seniors, right? I understand, you know, I have people say, oh, you know, why, why is a Jay Harris? You know, why is a Shane Fredrickson? You know, those young players that are kind of shining, how, how come those guys aren't on there? And yes, I, you know, usually do the captains first, but I like to get all of the seniors on there for guys that have been around through the program that have, that have fought through this thing for, you know, five, maybe six years, you know, especially, you know, you throw in COVID and all that. And that's why I'm really happy to have a guy like Cole Elwood on this week. And number 33, you, you, uh, you know, not a starter. He's not an all-conference type player, but he's, you know, there's so many guys through the years that, you know, ha have been around and, and they contribute. They're just a big a part of this. They just might not get as much time on the field, but they invest just as much as the other guys. And I think it's, it's, it's neat to hear their stories too. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to have a guy like Cole on this week. And so uh, he's my player interview next. We'll hear from Bill Huddleston, the voice of the Northeastern State River Hawks. Uh, coming up, Wesley Miller and the Bearcats, according to Eli. All that coming up. But my chat with Cole Elwood, that's next here on Bleeding Green. Hey, Bearcat fans, this is Mel Churchman, former Bearcat coach. You're listening to Bleeding Green. Matt and welcome back here on Bleeding Green. It's time for this week's player interview. Joined by number 33, a senior defensive back from Fenton, Missouri, Cole Elwood. And uh, Cole, man, thanks so much for taking a little time and coming on the podcast with me. Absolutely, Matt. Appreciate you for having me. So uh, Fenton, Missouri, now that's just outside St. Louis, right? Is that where you grew up? Yep, just outside, just outside St. Louis, south, um, outside the city limits, suburbia kid. <laughs> well, uh, we know your your brother, Carson, also on the team. Um, any any other siblings? Um, yes, my brother and I grew up together, and then when our parents split, um, they both got 
back in uh, different relationships uh, later on in our lives. And so we have now four um, step-siblings. Nice. Yep. So is one, it, one brother, three sisters. And your brother's just a year younger than you, right? So big, uh, big rivalries and stuff. You guys always playing different sports and pretty competitive with one another. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. My friends were his, were his friends, you know, um, his friends, not so much my friends, but you know, still <laughs> some of my friends, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the competition was always there, you know, and as we've gotten older, it's, it's definitely more of a healthy competition now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, teammates yeah. for sure. What yeah. uh, uh, sports a big part of your childhood? Like, was it a kind of as you were younger? Was it all all different sports? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was um, first two first two sports I was involved in was uh, basketball and baseball, and um, yeah, baseball. Uh, my first love. I I really enjoyed baseball, and actually, did I played a year or two of pee wee football and. I actually didn't like it as a kid and that wasn't on, on my plate, uh, until sophomore year of high school. And so, but yeah, in, in sports, soccer, love soccer, um, basketball. Yeah. Just kind of involved in all of those. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so at what point, so, so that's interesting. So you're kind of later on, uh, with football, what made you want to go, go out your sophomore year and play football? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I was, freshman year I, I didn't do a fall sport um i had some friends tell me you know come out come out and play soccer for this high school and then so, a lot of my buddies you know telling me to come play football and uh i just didn't want to do any either of those so didn't do anything freshman year but sophomore year you know after talking to my um good buddy of mine at the time his name's chase waters um yeah he he led me to kind of just come out and play football my brother you know he stayed in football um, when we started, when we were peewee and, um, he was always a football guy. He got me to come out, but yeah, it's kind of just a collective, like, um, come try it, you know, see if you, you know, see if you like it. And I ended up, it was good, you know, it was a good mix of competition and, um, putting my athletic, you know, abilities to the test and yeah. What was your first position? Was it on, on defense? Was it DB or, or did you kind of play different positions? Yeah, I was a corner. Uh, that was my first position. <laughs> nice. I didn't, uh, I didn't know what to think at the time. I didn't really, we didn't play much man. <laughs> there was a lot of zone. <laughs> All right. Well, what point then did, did football kind of overtake baseball as your favorite sport? Um, man, I, I would say probably going into my junior year. Um, I went to a baseball camp actually my sophomore summer. So summer going into junior year of high school and um, kind of just like it was St. Louis University. Um, and, yeah, I kind of just I enjoyed it. It was cool. But it was kind of like just a settling point of like, all right, I'm not going to do baseball. Um, I kind of want to just pursue either just go to college as a normal student or, you know, football ends up working out. Um, I actually didn't. Football wasn't going well for me at the time, and I just didn't really enjoy it. My first year was rough, but <laughs> um yeah. Well, what, yeah. Was, what was that turning point then in football where it kind of started to, to change for you? Um, I would say my junior year, I just had a really good season. Um, you know, the coaches started to put me in positions where they trusted me and um, kind of just they put me at safety. They switched me to safety um, junior year and I started doing more offense and they kind of just got to put me in different positions to where I got to, like, you know, just be free kind of. 
um, and play ball, just go out and have fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that kind of just ignited it for me. You know, I got to compete. You know, I think that's what every a lot of guys who play football or any sport want to do is just be out there and competing, you know, at the end of the day. And um, I got to do that. Thankful for that. Well, what positions did you play then on on the offensive side? Yeah, junior year I was receiver, and then we're an option team, so <laughs> uh, I wasn't doing much at receiver other than blocking. <laughs> and then they moved me; they wanted to get to me the ball more, so they moved me to running back. One of the wing, it was a wing T kind of formation, and so they moved me to running back, and I was getting the ball more on offense. Okay. All right. Well, Fox High School, the Warriors, do you have any any favorite memories or games as you look back in your high school days? Oh, man, I definitely would say uh, my senior year against Rockwood Summit. Um, senior year, yeah, senior year, there's a lot of good games. Uh, that was a fun season. Just in general, we went 9-2. and two, um, Lost to a Jackson team. They were really good, undefeated. Until they play Viani, but yeah, my that my senior year, I think it was week three. I want to say Rockwood, uh, Rockwood Summit, pro- first time we beat them in program history, so that was cool. Um, yeah, it was just it was really bittersweet because last the year prior to that, we lost to them on a last second play that actually was involved me in the end zone. Um, the the ref called a dual possession. I was on defense, we were on defense, and they threw up a ball to go up. Um, and both of us, you know, caught it. We had dual possession. And as I was stripping it from them, falling out of bounds, um, they called a touchdown. <laughs> mm. So that's how the game ended, uh, Rockwood up. And next year, got to my senior year, we got to run it back in a similar situation. Last second, um, last drive they had, they were down two. Um, and he threw another ball up, kind of just a vertical on the outside. We were in cover two and, I went up and grabbed it this time. You know, it wasn't dual possession. It was a uh, pretty, pretty confident call. Easy call for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. You take, take it out of their hands there. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun time. That was just cool for the whole, all the guys, the team. We, uh, my brother and I knew a lot of the Rockwood kids. Um, we grew up with a lot of those guys. So, yeah. So what point did you really start thinking that college football was a real possibility for you was it was it sometime during your junior year or was it not till till your senior year um i think it was really the end of my junior year um there was that's at the end of my junior year that's when i first started getting recruited um just because of but yeah the junior year that i had and that was really the time that i kind of like okay this is a possibility you know like this is this is legit. Like this is an opportunity for me to get my, you know, school paid for go and play ball at the next level. Um, and yeah, I just, that's, that's when I first started processing with my parents. Um, first offer I think was Truman state. And so that was, uh, yeah, that was just, that was definitely the setting point, you know, leading up to that time in between my junior year and that offer coming in shortly before my senior year. Okay. Well, 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 as you kind of went through the recruiting process, what schools were you, were you really considering? Hmm. Uh, in my double a schools, central Missouri, uh, Mo West was a big one. Um, even, um, the one in St. Uh, well, I'm blanking right now. Uh, they're not, they're, they're, uh, FCS now. Lindenwood. Uh, Lindenwood. Yeah. 
I don't know why I was blanking there. Linda Wood. My uh, stepbrother actually goes there right now. So that's funny. Okay. Nice. Um, but yeah, Linda Wood was a, was the uh, big one. I don't know if I had to give an order um, of just the ones I was processing in terms of like most likely to lease. I don't know if I could give you one. Probably Linda Wood in central Missouri that were up there at the top. Okay. Well, what, what about Northwest? Like at what point, you know, were you like, okay, Northwest is the place for me. Yeah, I came on a Northwest was my second game day visit. I believe. Um, Mo West is my first. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I came, I came to Northwest not really knowing what to fully expect. I had been on an unofficial visit and um, loved it. Loved it, you know, obviously the winning, the culture they have, um, you know, seeing, and just the style of ball, you know, they were playing the team that, that time, 2019 when I came um, and a little bit of 2018, just seeing them play. I don't know. You could definitely just tell a difference. Um yeah, just the confidence um, and just the camaraderie you saw. I'm trying to avoid the cliches because you know <laughs> people can say that about every team, I guess, in a sense. But, um, yeah, I came on that game day visit to Northwest, uh, official visit, and really just kind of sealed the deal. I was actually supposed to go on a visit the next day to Mo West and, um, yeah, told them I'm, I'm all right. Uh, I want to go to Northwest and kind of, yeah, that's what sealed it. They offered me and. Um, I kind of, it was kind of like a, why, why not? You know, like why, why would I not say yes to him? You know? Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what sealed it. That's wild because I wonder if it was the same. It might've been the same game. Jaden Brady had a very similar experience where he was supposed to go to Mo West the next day on a visit mm. and canceled his <laughs> and committed yeah. to Northwest. <laughs> that's interesting. What, uh, what player or players were you matched up with on your visit? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it was, I actually ruined with them my first month here. The, when I came here, um, came up early. Uh, it was Joe Barnes and Robert Rowie. Nice. Yep. Yep. They were, um, Joe Barnes, Liberty, both of them, Liberty, mm -hmm. Robert Rowie. Um, but yeah, great dudes. I love those guys. Um, Still in touch with him. I actually haven't been, been a little bit, but yeah, I still stay in touch with him when I see him. I saw Joe and Jackson and uh, and their dad at uh, UC, UC, now it wasn't the UCO game. Lincoln game, uh, that's what it was. His family. Yep, Lincoln. That's what I was going to, I was trying to think. I was, yeah, I saw him, saw him and uh, visited with him for a minute. So, um, Okay, a couple other quick questions here before we get to the pick six, because I got some fun questions for you. No, you're uh, good. One, number 33, is there any significance there? Was that just kind of what you got at Northwest, or do you have a history with that number? I don't know. Good question. Um, yeah, I always – I don't know. I find, I find – I guess I'm trying to build up to a not a very important answer. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, I like the significance of numbers. Um, I've always wanted to wear 10 here. Well, like now the past like two years, I wanted to get 10, but um, just because of my buddy, um, Chase Waters, that I talked to you earlier about, um, that kind of led me to play football. He, he passed when I was a freshman in college. Um, and just so, yeah, that's always been a number I wanted to go for, but it obviously didn't work out. No big deal there. Um, 
and uh so I, I was like past couple of years i'm just like what what number am i gonna do what number am i wear and i was 30 2021 no significance just chose it um 29 uh last year no significance just kind of chose it and was jokingly like oh I'll just, i guess i'll just decrease the number each year <laughs> and uh but then this year, 33, I, my buddy um, that used to be on the team, Keelon Hunter, um, yeah, real good friends with him. Um, I kind of just wanted to wear it. You know, he's it was the number that was available, and I, I liked the way it looked. One, um, not gonna not gonna lie, and then two, he wore it, and and uh, three, my my mom actually wore it when she played basketball. Nice. Uh, when she was in high school, so there's a little bit of significance there. Okay, what number are you, were you in high school? I was two. Okay. Yep. I was, I was number two. Nice. Well, what? No <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> no. Yep. 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 So what's your, uh, what's your major and then what are kind of your plans after uh, graduation? So my major, I got my undergrad this past spring in business management. And then I'm doing my grad, I'm doing the grad program right now, um, for my master's in business administration. Um, Currently, right now, my plans for after college, I, I don't have anything set up. Um, like, this is a job I'm doing. Um, but I do I have interest in just going down, using my MBA for, like, supply chain management. Um, but I've also been considering just doing, like, ministry. Um, I've grown in my face since I've come here at Northwest and um, actually came into Northwest not planning on to grow in my face. But... <laughs> um, yeah, through meeting a guy and reading just the Bible and um, knowing what it actually, you know, a walk of a Christian life is, it, I've grown in that, and um, that's led me to just kind of consider possibly pursuing pursuing ministry after college as well. Awesome, I like that. All right, Cole. Well, I've got the pick six, just kind of six fun, goofy questions. Are you ready? Let's do it, man. I'm ready. All right. First one's always the same. Are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any pregame rituals or like have to wear the same socks or anything like that? Uh, no, I'm not a very superstitious guy. Um, I don't know. I, I'm different. You know, I guess, I guess if I did have a superstitious thing, it would be just be different every, before every game, which <laughs> is kind of a, not a popular answer, not a popular way of going about it. But yeah, I don't listen. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I don't. Um, kind of just what I'm feeling. Uh, yeah, no special socks. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, question yep. number two, if you're playing Mario Kart, what character oh, are you? Oh man. Donkey Kong. Nice. I like it. Yep. Yep. DK. All right. Third question. Actually, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I there. just watched that new movie. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. We took our kids to it and that was, it was pretty good. That's no, it's not bad. Good. I like it. What uh, third question of the pick six? What's your unpopular food opinion? Unpopular food opinion. Yeah, like maybe something you don't like that everybody likes. Mine's apple pie. I know that's like an anti-American thing. I I don't like apple pie. Oh man, okay. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm I'm not a picky eater, but like, I don't I don't know. Uh, is cheesecake an answer? <laughs> It's yeah, pumpkin sure. pie cheesecake yeah, and answer. That's whatever. Oh, everything's pumpkin spice this time of year, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my uh, my roommate Rhett Jordan, you just had him on not mm -hmm. too long ago. Uh, he he actually, uh, <laughs> I just found out he had, he had cheesecake for the first time, which was crazy. But, oh, wild! 
yeah, I had to give him stuff for that. <laughs> All right. Fourth question of the pick six. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Fly. Yeah, that's a good yep. one. I feel like that's a popular one. Oh, yeah. All right. Fifth question of the pick six. What is one thing that people are always surprised to learn about you? Oh, man. Uh, I would say maybe my music taste. Um, yeah, my music taste and just what I listened to growing up, <laughs> kind of just a mix of, um, yeah, like rock, uh, some, some R and B, some soul, <laughs> uh, yeah. Alternative. I've been to, you know, a handful of Imagine Dragons when I was younger, my dad and my brother. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, my music taste maybe. Okay. All right. All right, last question of the pick six. This is going to get goofy here. If you had to eat a crayon, what color would you choose? Oh, man. I'd say uh, purple. Nice. Purple, yeah, purple. Don't ask me where I come up with these. I'm just weird. So. No, that's an interesting one. <laughs> well, because they're all the same, right? I just thought that was... Yeah, I tried thinking of one that maybe get some flavor out of it. <laughs> Well, Cole, man, I certainly appreciate you taking some time and having you on. It's It's been an absolute pleasure and wish you and the guys the uh, best of luck the rest of the season. No, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you very much. Welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Time to get a view from the other press box. Going to the northeastern side of things, voice of the Northeastern State Riverhawks, Bill Huddleston. And Bill, man, thanks so much for taking some time and uh, and coming on Bleeding Green with me. Well, it's nice to be on the podcast with you because it's a lot easier talking with you than it is climbing the stairway to heaven to get to the press box <laughs> facilities at Doc Wadley Stadium in Tahlequah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, well, well. Let's talk about Northeastern State. Obviously, you know we know it's been a tough season um, for you guys. Just that lone win against uh, against Lincoln. It's it's JJ Eckert's fifth season. You know, it's 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 at his alma mater. You know, his dad was a coach, Hall of Fame member, all that. But what's so I'm sure it's it's tough on everybody if there's a, a guy that bleeds northeastern. I think it's probably probably JJ. But what uh, um, what are kind of the thoughts from outside of the program? Is is there a lot of frustration? Is it what, what's the feeling around the program? I just think it's a lot of uncertainty as to what the root of the cause of the lack of victories, where it's coming from. Uh, I think honestly that a lot of the challenges for Northeastern State this year, as it has been the last couple of years, is injuries. I mean, it's an offensive line that in now nine games, in all but one, has there been the same starting five to the next game. So in other words, in eight of the nine games, they've never had the same five players there. They've had to move players. For example, Trey Curran, who has started the year as the tight end, but because of injuries, He's now been pushed down to putting his hand on the ground and playing a tackle. He never once questioned that request from the coaching staff. He just said, coach, whatever it takes. But it's been that type of moving of the checkers on the board 
to try to find some sort of solution for the upfront warfare. And then, of course, when you don't have that consistency, then that spills over to your specialty, to your special players, uh, your, you know, your, your quarterback and your running back. Now, Blake May is a young man that came in uh, from southern Arkansas. He kind of had to adjust to the speed of the game in the MIAA, but he's kind of began to find his uh, comfort level, and he's had you know some better performances the last three weeks of the season. But still just that constant rotation of players, and there's been injuries at wide receiver as well that has created some problems for the offense. And then on the defensive side, man, if there isn't, defensive backfield that has been more ravaged by injuries two weeks ago uh when you know when we're going to play against uco we have eight players on our defensive lineup that would normally see action in either the first or the second level of the lineup that were out of action five of those were defensive backs and we're coming off a, a game against central missouri where the ball never seemed to go to the ground it just was snap and throw uh, you know how the mules operate their offense. So that has created a lot of challenges to try to get the right people at the right time and make sure you've got the proper level of talent to compete in what has always been and will continue to be a very, very competitive league of the MIAA. Well, and it seems like, you know, you're having some real good teams in this league that are going to finish this season with uh, even even the last few years, you know, for for. I don't know, you know, if you look back at the MIAA 15 years or so, you know, you would have maybe the top three or four teams, some nice middle teams, and then kind of the bottom teams. And it seems like the there aren't really many of those bottom teams anymore. You know, Lincoln's gone now, although everybody except Pitt is is playing them this season. But, um, you know, and, and you're, you know, you had a team like Central four wins last year doing what they're doing this year. And, and even a, a team like Central Oklahoma that, that, uh, you know, had a pretty successful season last year is really struggling. Look at what Washburn's doing, but, um, the, the depth you get some really good teams in this league that are going to finish this season with two or three or four wins is, uh, that, that makes it tough on a team like Northeastern when you're trying to build and trying to do things and, and just, uh, you know, getting kind of hit in the mouth every week. Well, it is. And it's a testament to these young men that they just keep coming back for more. You know, they're not going to just throw in the towel and say, coach, we're done and wave the white flag. They keep coming back. They keep trying to find that needle in the haystack that's going to propel them to a win. And, you know, whether they'll do it against Northwest this week or in the season finale at Washburn still remains to be seen. But I have to credit this group that, especially on the offensive side, that has experienced not too many high moments other than the Lincoln game and then some points within the UCA game, UCO game, where they were down 23 nothing. And before you look up and you see all of a sudden it's 23-21, that kind of tells you that this is a group that just keeps trying, keeps trying. But it seems as if every time they get close, it's kind of like the old song, one step forward, two steps back, something goes awry, whether it's a turnover, a fail to convert on a first down opportunity that you punt the ball away and somebody takes it back on a kick return or you get a kick blocked. And anyway, if there was something that could go wrong, it's kind of like if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Woe is me. Well, that's that's kind of been how you could look at this football team. But I have to say from the coaching staff and perhaps the most optimistic an encouraging person is that guy that bleeds more green than anybody else, Coach J.J. Eckert, and he's got his kids doing the same thing. They just seemingly uh, have never been able to get over the hump other than the game against Lincoln. 
Well, and and you know, it was, uh, obviously, it was a tough start to the season with with uh, three shutouts in the first four games or getting shut out. But but then you know the Lincoln game get a win, score some points against Central. You know the offense is really struggling. The Central Oklahoma game. I mean, it was you know it was a it was definitely a closer game. And and was it just kind of of course then last week you know the the disappointment against Missouri Western forty four nothing was it which is just an instance of you know they were starting to get some momentum and injuries just ended up. Uh, piling on again? Well, you know, NSU on their first offensive series goes three and out. They force Missouri Western to punt the ball or, or to move down the field. And on a fourth down situation, rather than going for the field goal, they opt to try to throw the option pass and we pick it off in the end zone and run it back out to the 25. But then there's a flag that moves it back to the 10. Then all of a sudden you're in poor field position. You punt the ball away. It's a short porch and Missouri Western goes and score, and then it just kind of began to snowball, rolling downhill and just piling up one on top of each other. And, I mean, I'm going to take anything away from Missouri Western. They're a good football team. They're a very big football team on both sides of the front. They can dictate the style of play with their ground game and have been very successful doing that. They certainly were against us last Saturday. And, again, it's just been one of those situations that they just can't seem to find the lucky card that's going to give them the chance to win the game uh, in the end. Well, let's. I want to talk a little bit about the about the offense and, and defense too. But we'll start with offense, kind of guys to to look out for. You mentioned Blake May. He he's definitely been one that that seemed to kind of shine, especially as of late. And then your quarterbacks with Ben Ward seems to be kind of the main guy. Grant Ellerick, a guy that that I think started most of, if not quite a few games last year. Um, who are some other guys to to look out for on uh, on offense? Some of the main main guys. Well, it's been kind of running back by committee. I mean, May's been getting the majority of the carries of late, but then Lauren Kirk, Tag Campbell, and then Jordan Guidry, a young man that came in from Trinity Valley Community College, uh, has begun to find some creases and get some extra yards. But it's still the inability to sustain a drive. I mean, it seems as if you get yourself behind the chains on a first down loss because you try to do something that's out of the ordinary and you get caught uh, with your hands in your pocket and you get second and 13 or second and 12, then now you're having to kind of change what you got to do to get that yardage back and try to move the chains. And when that happens, uh, a pass goes incomplete or it gets tipped and deflected, or sometimes it gets intercepted. Uh, and then you're giving the ball right back to your opposition, which has required the defense way too much time to be on the field. I mean, the inability of the offense to sustain the drive, even if they don't score, and their chances in the red zone have not been very good because they're just 33% conversions on the year. Those numbers needed to have improved and keep the defense on the sidelines so that when they do go out there, that they have a chance to win the war. Well, and on defense, I mean, uh, especially a linebacker seems to be kind of a strength with guys like Macarius Brown and Dalton Crumbly. Um, who are some of the guys to, to look out for and that uh, are kind of the main ones on defense? So those two guys right there have been making uh, their presence felt of late. Uh, two other guys, or three other guys, really, Blake Corn, Chris Lee, uh, Antonio Johnson in the front. And they and there is a continual rotation of that three- and four-man defensive front. 
but those guys that I mentioned, Chris Lee, who's a junior from Richmond, Texas, uh, Blake Corn, who's a hometown product, he's kind of the, the grit of the defense. He's kind of the guy that if you talk to these players, they will tell you 44 is the guy that gets between my ears and can rev my motor. But Junior Brown has come in from Shreveport, Louisiana. I mean, he's made some things happen at that linebacker spot, as has Dalton Crumley now in his junior campaign. And, and the safeties uh, and the cornerbacks have been, like I said, ravaged by injuries. So it's had to be kind of this week, okay, LeCadric Holmes is at quarterback. Next week, it's Cam Dickerson. Or on the other side is Jordan Alford stepping in. I mean, they lost Jordan Lamont, who was probably the, the ringleader of the defense uh, in the preseason to an injury. And then injuries have followed. And, you know, a guy from Washula, Florida, uh, Johnny Jean, the nickelback, he's kind of had to be the guy that is the spokesman for that defensive secondary. But up until just two weeks ago, the defense had been unable to take a pass interception in that secondary. And in this league, you better be able to defend the pass one-on-one or create those, uh, disrupt those skinny post routes because teams will pick you apart. And that's what's happened. Well, and, and obviously, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a tough year, but are are there any positives or what are some positives that you kind of look at from, from this season or, or, uh, you know, maybe as, as the season's gone on? It's an older group by, chronologically, but it's still a young group by experience. And I think those guys with their, just their, if you want to call it stubbornness, they're going to continue to keep battling, trying to find a way to win, which is a credit to their uh, contribution and their uh, commitment to this football program. I think that's the shining star. And to know that these guys now are getting a year of experience and they're beginning to find some comfort, although it's not paying off in wins and losses on Saturday, it kind of gives you an idea that the future could be good, but then the Riverhawks are going to have to go out and find some replacements. They're going to have to go out in my mind and find some game changers, whether that's through the portal or that's through recruiting on the high school level or the junior colleges. Those are those key pieces that could bring a game changer to the lineup to go along with these guys that are all in, in their commitment and create positive situations going forward into next season. Well, as we look at this game on Saturday, and of course it's a senior day, so seniors are going to be honored down there in Tahlequah. What's the uh, what do you look at as the keys to this game? Northeastern State's offense got to find a way to move the football. They got to be able to keep Northwest Missouri's offense on the field. If they can do that, even if they don't finish, take away time of possession from the opponent, and then when the ball does go over to the opponent for the defense to create a turnover. And then, of course, every coach will tell you, solid tackling, solid blocking uh, creates a lot of positive situations. And then when that gift is given to you, finish it. Now, there's one guy I had not mentioned who has been a key part of changing the field position, and that's the punter, kicker, Tyler Crawford. I mean, he's just done an outstanding job kicking the ball all season long. I mean, he's been averaging like third best in the league, uh, punting the football. He's had multiple punts of more than 50 yards and even had one that went 62 yards. So having him there is, is key to be able to, when you do have to punt the football to maybe to put your team, your opponent in a poorer field position, if the river Hawks can do that and then create some turnovers on the defensive side or get a three and out and get it right back to the offense and let those guys find some routine and some, some timing in their operations. 
then if all those things could come together in a perfect uh, perfect scenario, there's opportunity for success and see where it happens on Saturday afternoon. Good stuff. Well, Bill, hey, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and chatting with me this week. Well, you bleed green, so do I. It's just a little bit of a different shade of green. It's a Bearcat color versus a Riverhawk color, but we're going to have a great game on Saturday afternoon on Senior Day for the Riverhawks at Doc Wiley Stadium. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. Welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. Time to get the Bearcat side of things with Wesley Miller from the Northwest Missouri and there on campus in Maryville. Wesley, thanks, man, as always, for for coming on and and chatting with me this week. Thank you so much for having me back. I uh, always love talking to you. Well, a, a nice win. Bearcats back to their winning ways in, in Topeka last weekend, although the weather had a little bit of effect on the game, and uh, um, but you know, pretty solid 52-31 victory over the Ichabods. Uh, what uh, what were your kind of thoughts and and feelings of uh, of that game? Well, first of all, if we could never have that kind of weather again, that <laughs> would be wonderful. Uh, but it was a very solid win for Northwest. I mean. <laughs> It seemed like they were in control ever since Washburn went up 10 to 7, which is weird to say since Washburn had the lead, but it really did seem like at that point, uh, you know, Northwest locked in and they were pretty much in control after that. Uh, you know, I think, I think that game, uh, just further proves just how far this running game has came for the Bearcats. I mean, two, two rushers over 100 yards is just insane and it's, you know, that's that's a pretty good uh, feat to have. So and obviously Jay Jay Harris has been having a phenomenal year. So I think that just, again, shows just how much if, if Northwest can, you know, really hone in on that run game, you know, uh, obviously good results come from it. And I think that is like been proven multiple times throughout this season. And Wash the Washburn game was a great example of that. Well, yeah, Jay Harris, 123 yards, three touchdowns. He's nine for nine now and running for over 100 yards this season. But it was nice to see Tank. I see, I know we've seen kind of flashes of that. He had a 100-yard receiving game against Missouri Western. And and uh, although he really didn't get a whole lot of touches in the pit game, it was kind of nice to see him um, you know, get his touches and make some plays. I mean, he's a guy that if you look at Tank Young from last year and look at him this year, he almost looks like a different player. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and and I think that is also kind of just, you know, he's getting a little bit more of a focus. And, uh, you know, he kind of said Saturday when I was talking to him at, after the game, you know, he's like, I got a chance to showcase my skills today. And, you know, I think that's kind of part of the difference from last year to this year is, you know, he's getting more of that opportunity and he's making most of it. And, and, you know, it is, it was nice to actually see him, you know, have that big game uh, on the ground because every, it seemed like every game he was like so close to breaking one off or making some highlight play, you know, he's dot, making defenders miss pretty much every time he touches the ball. So uh, it was nice to see it was, 
nice, you know, just to see him, you know, kind of take that next level. But, uh, you know, I think just him getting more opportunities is, you know, what is going to, I mean, you could say that about every player, but obviously, obviously I think, you know, just more chances for him is, you know, just going to obviously produce more, maybe not obviously, but it seems like it's going to produce more more success than not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, gives defenses something else to have to deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Mikey Hoensey, obviously, you know, had had a, a struggle at the start with a couple interceptions. Interceptions really settled in. Three touchdown passes. Third time he's done that this year. And heck, he's you know, Mikey's really you know he's been around for a while and he's really starting to kind of climb up on the um, you know all those career lists too. But you know, I think he's the he's the guy that you know it, it seemed like from after the game and you know there wasn't a whole lot of concern. I don't know you know one of those. Both those interceptions were a little fluky. One for sure on the tipped one, but um, you know he's just kind of been you know chugging along, and and I think you know we're seeing when you got a healthy Mikey, the offense is is a whole lot more successful. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's any argument there. Ever since you know Mikey's been back in the fold, it's uh, the offense for Northwest has been. Uh, <laughs> Clicking a lot better. I mean, they, uh, you know, almost came back against the high-powered offense of Central Missouri. I mean, and then they followed that up with the big win against Central Oklahoma, and then you know, the Missouri Western win, and then you know, and then this past week putting up 52 points. So, yeah, I think anytime a healthy Mike Holmes is in there, is in there, you can. Uh, you can guess that the Bearcats are going to have, you know, a good flow on the offense. They're going to, you know, and, you know, there's going to be some hiccups and there's going to be hiccups on uh, every team There's for every offense. But I think, uh, you know, and as you said, you know, just having Mike Cohen see in that in there uh, has really, you know, helped out the offense and they they seem a lot more comfortable when he's in there. Well, and we got to talk about the defense. Uh, heck, you got the MIAA Defensive Player of the Week uh, for the second time this season. For he's a Bearcat for the first time this season in his career. Carter Olson, who's had to step in uh, for an injured Isaac Volstead, and boy, step in he has. He, he gets a sack. I think maybe on the first play of the game, gets that interception early. Um, you know, to allow the Bearcats to take the lead, a couple of tackles for loss. He is in what I think was just his third start of his career. He has really stepped up, and it's been been great to see. There's been a lot of young guys at linebacker get to play, and he's been one that's uh, that's kind of starting to shine. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, and that's not always a easy hole to fill. You know, filling in for a guy like Isaac Volstead, but he definitely uh, made his mark in this past Saturday, as you said, with the sack the interception and, and you know just talking to him after the game you know he's he seemed like you know very team oriented guy like that like even as big a game as he had like he was fo- like his his focus was on you know did the team win and how did it help the team out so uh it's <laughs> you always like to see guys like that kind of have that uh you know have that kind of success but um yeah, there's been a lot of young guys on this. I mean, the D line, I think, uh, you know, well, they lost obviously Elijah, Elijah Green from last year. Now they have, you know, Jake Fisher, Kobe Laybourne, 
uh, just to name a few guys. Jake Fisher has been there a few years, but you know Kobe, Kobe, and those sort of guys. They're they're you know still getting that uh, new experience. So, uh, and even in the back end, Shane Fredrickson's just in his uh, sophomore season. So there is a lot of youth on the defense, but I def- it has seemed like you know uh, as the season's gone along, they've tightened up a little bit more, and there seem to be you know finding that groove that they've been, you know, uh, missing in a few spots this season, but I think they're, I think they're starting to find it. Yeah. Well, the 10 points they give up in the first half, I think the the drives were 22 combined yards on the two, on the two drives because of turnovers. And obviously, you know, coach Wright wasn't real pleased with the second half effort, weather delay maybe played into that. You've seen a lot of guys in and out. I mean, also Washburn, even though they're a young team, I mean, their offense definitely has, uh, um, you know, has some playmakers. And so ultimately just what needed to happen was the Bearcats just needed a win and, uh, and kind of a decisive win. You get a 21 point win. That's pretty good. And, uh, you know, we talk about the offensive success. You would hope that continues this week, you know, with Washburn and Northeastern, you've got the, the bottom two defenses as far as yardage and points given up this year in the MIAA. So we, you know, we should have probably gotten a pretty good, uh, performance out of the offense we did and i would probably expect that coming up this week you know northeastern is definitely struggling have the one win over um over lincoln but uh you know that i don't know you know obviously they're kind of in the bottom ought to be a ought to be a good week for the bearcats i would say this week yeah that is for sure and you know actually i was looking at, looking it up recently because i was writing my story for this week and uh, the last team that Northeastern beat that wasn't Lincoln, I believe, was Missouri Southern in uh, 2021. So that's been, you know, <clears throat> two years, uh, you know, without a win against a team other than Lincoln. So that's uh, obviously Northeastern's, you know, they've kind of been towards the bottom of the conference for a while now. And uh, I'd say, you know, and, you know, this year is kind of the same, as you said, they're towards the bottom and yards giving up points per game. I mean, they give up over 40 points per game. So, uh, yeah, this if Northwest can have a bit as big of a game as it did against Washburn, you can cert- <laughs> you would certainly hope they can have an even bigger game against Northeastern. Yeah. Well, and it's strange here as we're, you know, coming into the first week into November, also kind of talking about the last road trip of the season, you know, it's, uh, definitely a bit of an unprecedented, um, I'm not really unprecedented, but in the last 20 years, it has been situation for this team, not going to the playoffs and, and, uh, you know, there's negativity around people are talking about that, but I think, you know, these last three games and these last three opponents, and of course you got Carney coming up on the last week, but of the season, but especially these two games with Washburn and Northeastern, couple of games you should hopefully be able to get kind of get your mojo back get uh you know get to feel get some confidence back feel good about yourself and uh um, with of course all due respect to those two opponents but you know teams that the bearcats uh you know should come out and 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 easily win those games and hey we've done one of them now the next one is is coming up on saturday yeah absolutely and uh you know i uh and I was kind of think just, and I was kind of uh, making that point in my story from last week. You know, the, these last three opponents are, at least record wise, they're nothing like the 
opponents they played for the first, you know, eight weeks. And, uh, and, you know, they, they've gone through that gauntlet. Everyone that's ahead of them in the standings has played them by now. And, you know, as you said, you know, it's, this is a great op. It's these last few weeks are a great opportunity to kind of build some confidence before, you know, the off season, give some confidence to the younger guys that are going to be sticking around. Uh, and, you know, and obviously again, as you said, respect to the, you know, two remaining teams on the schedule for Northwest, but, uh, these are, uh, these are definitely great opportunities to, uh, get some confidence and you know, I think also an opportunity for Northwest to, uh, you know, make a statement that they are still, you know, in that upper half of the conference and they're not, you know, you know, they may be having a down year or so, or whatever what people will say, but they're still in that upper half and they still have that, you know, they still have that potential to be up there, uh, if they get all the pieces figured out. So, uh, I think, I think the, these couple weeks are going to be great in those two aspects. Sure. Well, and next, you know, as as we go into next year, and of course, you know, we've got seniors that, of course, you, you, they've got to be the focus, and they want to finish their careers on the right way. But you talked about the youth on the defensive side of the ball. Heck, everywhere, you know, really, you don't lose that many seniors. I mean, you do in some key positions, but um, but I mean, you know, there's a ton of younger guys, you know, especially looking a lot at you know a ton of sophomores obviously the junior class but coming back next year and expectations aren't going to be lower you know regardless if you're seven and four or whatever you know the expectation next year is going to be an miaa championship and competing for a national championship and so getting some momentum going into the off season and especially some of those young guys that are going to be big parts of the team next year i think is is pretty important these last couple of games yeah i totally agree and you know i'm I'm almost nervous to even guess who is going to be coming back next year, just with, you know, all the different eligibility rules that uh, are going on right now with, you know, COVID, the COVID-19 eligibility and all the red shirts that you can get. So, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's certainly, as you said, you know, there is still a lot of youth on this team and they, and, you know, and I think that was, you know, one of the things that they were talking about from, that that I remember the team, you know, mentioning a lot in over the you know weeks of interviews. Just this season was going to be you know the one where they had a lot of youth because they didn't have they didn't lose a lot of people from last season. Lost a lot of key pe- players, but not a lot. So they still had you know some youth from last season still growing, and they still and you know to Northwest's credit, they still have that for the next season too they still have some youth coming up and growing so um you know as you said this uh these weeks are uh final weeks are crucial for getting that confidence for the young guys because uh and and again as (laughs) i feel like i'm just copying you but you got your i mean the as you said you know the expectations are still going to be there for any northwest team uh, regardless of how you know how they played a certain a certain season or something, because you know of all of obviously the history and obviously of the success that Northwest has, the expectation is always going to be there. So, uh, you know, you you know, dropping you know, dropping these next couple of games are going to be t- 
terrible for your confidence going forward. So Northwest still needs to be locked in, of course, and uh, SCMLIAA. So uh, every game is going to be tough. Every opponent can beat any other opponent. So uh, they got to be locked in. But I think these are great opportunities for the confidence for the younger players. Welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. It's time for, well, the reason why you probably tuned in. The Bearcats, according to Eli. Eli, my friend, how we doing? Nothing. I said, how are, how are you? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, did I you didn't. get any good candy on Halloween? Yeah. Yeah? Any good stuff? Anybody giving out full-size candy bars? Do people yes, do that anymore? some people. Really? Yeah, I got a full-size Hershey bar. Oh, nice. Hey. Full-sized Kit Kat, and I got a full-sized Hershey's. I got three king sizes. Nice. And has your dad taken any of your candy? Not yet. No, I have not. That's why I don't know. We're, that's why I don't know what he got. Tell everybody what uh, what you were, your costume. Eggs and bacon. <laughs> Eggs and bacon. Spectacular. And uh, I was counting how many compliments I got. I got seven. Nice. That's pretty good. Out of, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 houses. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good, though. That's, a, that's pretty good. I uh, Yeah, you you had one of the, the best costumes. We didn't take a picture of it, unfortunately. I guess we should have done that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I get complaints all the time of people that I don't take enough pictures. Anyway. Well, we watched. The, we had to watch the Bearcat game on Sunday. So sad to see a loss. No, I'm joking. We won. <laughs> we did. It was nice. Gave up maybe a few more points than. than we wanted. Certainly, to. the defense would have liked, and Coach Wright would have liked, but. But the offense did, but yeah, way better than last week. I'm very happy. Yeah, with absolutely. It. it was nice. Uh, we just had to win, win comfortably, which we did, and that was nice to see. And we put a lot of points on the board, and that was also amazing to watch a score. Mm -hmm. Block punt, you yeah. know, defense forced four turnovers. So um, there was, it was there definitely was... some good things. We need to kind of wash the bad taste of the pit game out of our mouth a little bit. It did for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with going uh, eight and four. Okay, seven and four, you mean? Seven and four. Yeah, we're five and four now. All right. Well, we ready ready to talk about uh, last week. Are you ready for me to go over last week's games and our pick'em results, and then we'll do this week's pick'em. Yep. All right. Six and zero oh for both of us. So we both uh, picked everybody this, correctly. These last two weeks are going to get spicy with some of the differences. Mm -hmm. Well, let, let's go over the standings first. I'm forty four and ten. You're forty two and twelve. So you got a couple of games to make up <clears throat> here in these last two weeks. I do. So. Man, so we will. Uh, that Lincoln really hurt me. Yeah, picking Lincoln. I trusted Lincoln. It doesn't work out for anybody. Pretty sure you picked Mo West the time they lost to. Inexcusable. I dislike both teams. <laughs> Just kidding. I still love Lincoln. Uh, well, Hayes with a thirty-four nothing victory over UCO last week. Um, uh, we both had Hayes scoring thirty-four points, so we got that part right, but. Um, 
you know, I had UCO scoring 24, yet I'm scoring 21. So uh, we missed out on that one. Missouri Western, 44 nothing victory over Northeastern, who the Bearcats, of course, have this week. We, we both had Mo West scoring 42, so that was close, but neither one of us had a shutout. Fourth shutout of the year for Northeastern. Um, Pitt against Sioux Falls. You almost nailed this one. I thought, oh, you're, you, you went with a 56-7 to prediction. The final score, 55-6. to You missed both by a point. I had 38-20. I so. honestly think, like you said, like from each game, whoever has a closer score gets a point for that too. Well, like, we can't do it at this point in the season. Yeah, I know. Not but maybe we'll do it that next, next year. And or bonus we'll points for, for getting the score right or something. Yeah, you get like a... Uh, if you're less than like three, if you're three points off on one score, you get half a point or something. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well maybe we'll do a point system a point. instead of a win, wins and losses next year. Yeah. But, uh, Missouri Southern losing against central Missouri UCM with a 45 or 42, 21 victory. I had 45, 26. I was pretty close. You had 64, 21. So you did pick Southern correctly there. Uh, Emporia with a pretty solid win over Nebraska Kearney, 39-17. Both of us had a pretty comprehensive win, but neither one of us really nailed the score. You were 28-7, I was 44-29. And uh, the Bearcats, you almost had the Bearcats score, right? It was 52-31. You had 56 for the Cats, 14 for Washburn. I way undershot it at 24-13, but... I was still reeling a little bit from that pit loss, so um, I wasn't uh, wanted to see a good response from the Bearcats, and we saw it. So that was that was good. That was nice. Yeah. Now on to next week. On this to this week's picks. Week, I mean, this week. My bad. Yeah. You, are you time traveler? Yeah, I want to go to next week so I can finally watch a game. <laughs> it's so weird to be. Not I know, going to a Bearcat game on a two, Saturday. Well, in two weeks in a row, too, is yeah, definitely like, weird. What? Wait, we're going to the game. <laughs> I didn't want to do the, the five-plus-hour drive to Tahlequah. I chickened out on that. So It's worth it, you coward. But, you know, we could go to Western Pit. That's in St. Joe. It's like 20 minutes from our house. That's a pretty... That could be a pretty close game. If the weather's nice, we'll see what happens. Hey, I don't want to root for any of those teams. When oh. are we going to go there wearing Bearcat stuff? Absolutely. That's strange. Well, you don't root for Mo West. I mean, I'd almost root for the Patriots or the Chiefs before I'd root for Mo West. So that tells you my I feelings don't say there. say that on the podcast. <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, I think it's – I'm pretty sure the cat's out of the bag that I'm a Raiders fan at this point. I don't brag about it, but – <laughs> you better not. Don't they having an okay season? They're having a terrible season. Just fired our coach and GM. Oh, no. So, yeah, on Halloween evening, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough. Anyway, needed to happen, but we don't want to talk about that here. Let's talk about more positive things. And All right, let's get to this pick em. Lincoln at Nebraska Kearney. Nebraska Kearney, 24-7. Ooh, lower score. I go 42-10, Kearney. Show your pal. For me, chill your pill. Anyway, sorry, I'm right. Got to write things down. All right, Ford Hayes at Central Missouri. Central. Yep, I think you got to go UCM. What's your score? <clears throat> now Hayes has, I believe, 
Oh, close game. I think it could be a close game. Hayes has statistically, I believe, still the best defense in the MIAA, yardage and points-wise. Um, well, they did last week, and they shut UCO out, so I'm assuming that is holding true. I haven't, didn't look that up yet. But, yeah, I'm going to go 48-21 UCM. Um, I just don't think Hayes has enough in the secondary, but we'll see. They they could uh, maybe maybe they'll keep it maybe they'll keep it close. Missouri Southern at Emporia. Now this is an interesting one. Southern kind of played with Central last week. Do you want to know my pick so you can if you want to pick opposite me? I think I'm gonna go with Southern. Ooh. Okay. What do you pick? I picked Emporia. So we're going to have a different pick then this week. Okay, well, if I don't do two this week, i got to do two next week if I want to take the lead. Or it's it's worth it to try to tie it. Okay, what's your uh, what's your predicted score? This is actually... I believe this could be close. <laughs> what? Your face. No, I'm just you waiting. Made a face. I'm just waiting for you. I didn't know that I made face. a face. Sorry. Uh, 35 winning score. Okay. 28 one score game. Okay. I'm going to go Emporia 35 19. I'm not sure Southern Whoa. has enough horses to keep up with Emporia. Southern's defense is good. Um, but. I, that's that is a game that I thought about. That I thought you you I think you could reasonably pick Southern in this game. Emporia's defense is horrid, and I think they might have the worst yardage defense in the MIAA. Now that Central game just absolutely killed them when Central had some you know like six hundred and some yards passing. So anyway, um, that definitely hurts. But Emporia's defense has really drugged them down this year. They were I think trying to, you know, go to the playoffs, compete for an MIAA championship. Anyway, I don't think that's a terrible pick. So we'll see what happens. That's going to separate things. Pitt at Missouri Western. Talked about this Pitt, one. Can Western... Obviously. Okay. You you think it's Pitt easy. I'm I think jumping. The away team has always had more... If you go back to the Jerry Partridge days, which I'm living in the past, <clears throat> what, what of it, uh, the road team always had success. In this series, seems like Western always won at Pitt, and Pitt always won in St. Joe. So, what's your score for a Pitt beating Western? Forty-two to twenty-eight. Okay, twenty-eight is very nice. I'm gonna go thirty-seventeen. I think. Uh, um, I don't know. Western beating Northeastern last week, forty-four to nothing. That's that doesn't really do anything to change my mind. I'm not sure Western's defense can uh, can stop Pitt, but we'll see if they get some turnovers do some things maybe western pulls an upset they're trying to keep their playoff hopes alive all right washburn at central oklahoma i think this is another game where uco's boy they have really fallen off and are struggling but washburn has the one win but could be a lot of points scored in this game potentially i saw uh, washburn actually plays and they don't play miserably they have some really good athletic playmakers on they offense. Do. Their defense is not good. But uh, say that to those uh, linemen who got picks. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. The one that changed my mind about their defense. I thought their defense wouldn't be a challenge, but that they were hard enough for it to be a closer game. Yes. Well, I mean, hey, they got a couple of turnovers early and they led the Bearcats at the end of the first quarter, which I think we all knew how it was going to turn out. But um, I don't know. I think in a couple of years, this Washburn team could be pretty good anyway. What'd you choose? I went UCO, but a close game. I don't want to take no chances, though. But if I get the other one wrong and I get this one right, there's a chance I can even out. But mm-hmm. if I get both right, I tie you. Mm-hmm. If I get or if you get both wrong, wrong it's pretty much it's over. over. But I mean, We're hey. We're throwing a risk in there. Go Washburn. You are going to go Washburn. I don't think that's a crazy pick. I know you like, oh, they're one and eight or whatever, but I, I don't think... That's necessarily I saw how a they played, pick. and I completely changed my mind about how I think they'd do. If I didn't watch that game, I probably would have said they would have lost, even mm-hmm. if you Okay. Hours. What are you going to go, Washburn? What's your score? Like you said, probably high scoring. Both not incredible defenses, just mm-hmm. okay defense. A little worse than okay. Just a little above. No, Washburn's bad. bad. Yeah, they have the second worst defense behind Northeastern. Lincoln has a better defense. Lincoln. Lincoln's not in the MIAA, though. Oh, yeah. So even though they're playing in the MIAA schedule minus Pitt, but anyway. Okay, okay, whatever, whatever. Score, Washburn. Four? Four? No, no! Uh, <laughs> you're jumping the gun, All right. 40. Washburn, nine. UCO, 49, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm actually sorry. To 35. Oh, so you're saying Washburn's going to win by a couple scores. Uh-huh. I believe they will. 37-34 Central Oklahoma is what I'm going to go with. The only reason I went with, if this game was in Washburn, I might pick Washburn. Um, UCO is just so much better at home. So Why I chose uh, the two I mean, why it always takes me so long is because I have to do the math and add up the touchdowns. Mm. I get it, but it almost never works out that way. You know, like Emporia, 39-17. Who's going to pick 39? Nobody. So that's why sometimes you'll see me go with a 26 or 19 or whatever. Anyway, all right. The Bearcats and Northeastern. Northeastern, the worst offense, yardage, and points. The worst yardage and points defense in the MIAA against us. Oh, uh, the Bearcat. Northeastern. I mean, Northwest. Northwest. What's your score going to be? I'm interested to see this. Hear this, I guess. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This may sound a little hard to do, but I think that we can possibly do it. 63 mm-hmm. to f- 17. Okay. So, like, we'd win by a lot. Northeastern's been shut out four times this year in nine games. Could I'm going to say the Bearcats are going to make it half of their ten games, 52 to nothing. Now, that is, uh, you know, you give up one big play, and and that kind of goes out the you window. Put some but smoke on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so there you go. Okay. 
we'll see what happens. It's going to be a... Interesting game. Yep. We finally, I think, what, like the last two or three weeks, we picked all the games the same, so... But you're de- you're definitely uh, have improved, Kimosabi in the uh, picks here because uh, yeah, Danielson. Oh, <laughs> nothing. That does work though. Anyway, all right. Well, what else? Uh, what else we got? Your uh, our high school football season's over. Yep. So we're just forty forty four. The closest game we had. Yep. It was a heartbreaker in uh, in Stewartsville last weekend, but. Their fans were loud. Like, they were actually loud. Like, that's the first time in a high school game I heard fans laugh. Because there's a minute 30 seconds on the clock. We have the ball. It's eight man, so there's only, like, two receivers mm-hmm. most of the time. Sometimes there's four. But most of the time it's two. Anyway, so they have people covering this receiver. And, like, their guy intercepts it while we're down by four. And we all knew is. The game was over because there was a minute 30 seconds and they got an intercept. And their crowd was actually loud. I've never heard a high school team that loud because we've never had a game that close. Yeah. Well, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it was a rough one. Played DeKalb. That's the only team that we had beat this season and uh, and they didn't have a win. And now they, they have a win. Their season goes on. That's, well, we had so, so, so many injured players. Yes. Half for the almost the, the players that played in that game earlier in the season didn't play so it was it was rough but uh but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens hopefully our, our friday nights are free yeah for now on i know that sounds terrible me saying that but you know bearcats okay now okay bearcats. we got I'll, two I'll more weeks up. of bearcats all right you ready to wrap this yeah, thing up i think go for it okay bearcats are not yellow they're not red they're not, they're not blue. Except on family day, they're red, but anyway. Yeah, they're not pink, purple. What's the color I haven't done? Uh, they're not uh, red, green. I mean, uh, red. Stop. What the <laughs> heck? They're not tannish. I'm looking at the Bobby Bearcat. Um, and they uh, they are green. Turn it off. I'm not going to give you enough content this time. All right. I had to mess with him <laughs> a little bit. I had to do it. I just, I could not. Now, the reason he was screwing up there during the colors, uh, full full disclosure, maybe I'm going to have to eventually do video. I really do not want to. i tell you what. I have to clean uh, my mess of an office. My wife came out here the other day and was, <clears throat> was giving me a hard time. But after the season's over, we're going to do some deep cleaning. Uh, in here, in my studio slash uh, slash office. But anyway, I have my lighted Bearcat sign that my buddy Curtis over at Moonlight Metalworks LLC made for me. Um, it's not a sponsorship. I purchased it just like you can. $175, I think, is, is uh, what the going rate is on one of those signs, just FYI. But, you know, I it's green lit, right? The, the light's on it, backlit. But you can change the color on it. I w- I've been playing with that this past week, and you can change it to red. And so anyway, that's what I was doing while Eli was saying all of those colors and messing with them, and he uh, got a little annoyed at Dad. But, hey, family day for Coach Bostwick can change it to red. I mean, come on. that That's pretty awesome. And uh, if whether you want something Bearcat or anything, I would encourage you to go to the Moonlight Metalworks LLC Facebook page. And Curtis has all kinds of great stuff. And he, uh, 
um, not a sponsorship, but it is a plug because he's my buddy and he makes some amazing stuff. Has some really cool, like patriotic fire rings. And he does, I mean, you know, chiefs, cardinals, whatever. If you can think of it, I think he's even done some Eagle stuff. I think a Raiders thing, not for me, but I did send that to Matt Trenton and, uh, um, a, a picture of it. So, uh, so who knows, but, uh, anyway, you may be seeing some more of those signs. I mean, I love it cause it's just the old paw and the backlit part is awesome. That makes it a little bit more expensive. If you don't want one that's backlit, I don't know. Curtis can work out a deal with you there, but, uh, Hey, if I can drive a little bit of business to my buddy, that's great. You know, I, I gave him a budget of what I wanted him to spend on the sign. He came in under budget and exceeded my expectations. So, I mean, Hey, that's a, that's a win-win, but, um, talking about the podcast here. And as far as you supporting this podcast, you can do a lot of different things, by the way, uh, you know, raise money, whether it's through a donation, whether you purchase a t-shirt, which I'll talk more about here in a second. Um, that money goes to the podcast will be spent just on podcast related things. The sign, I had somebody giving me crap about uh, uh, me using podcast money on the sign. I did not. That was that was my money. And so the podcast money gets kind of is in its own pot. And so not that it maybe matters, but it does to me to communicate that to you. So I, I want you to know what, uh, you know, what your money is going toward. And so, uh, anyway, you know, if you want to buy a t-shirt, they're $20, a few dollars of that does go to support this podcast. You can also make a donation either way. Just head on over to Venmo at bleeding green podcast. And you can either pay for a t-shirt there. Just send me a, a private message either on um, on Facebook, on Facebook Messenger. You can uh, you can do it on Twitter as well. My personal or the pod, it's easier on the podcast to kind of keep things straight, but it doesn't matter. I have, uh, you know, some master spreadsheets and things and keeping track of all that. And I'm hoping that very first t-shirt order, by the way, will be in. I'm, I'm collecting t-shirts for another t-shirt order. I don't think we're going to get those before the last game of the season. Um, and that is much smaller. And, and just FYI, if you don't pay me, then I can't order the shirt. I have to pay for them when I order them. And so, you know, since we're just going, they're, they're being made to order, basically. Um, you know, if, if you want a T-shirt ordered, and, and I will give you confirmation when that happens. If you tell me and tell me size, I know there's a few people I need to reach out to that, that haven't yet paid. But just FYI, um, kind of putting that together. If I have to ship them, I will. I'm not looking to make any money on shipping. So I'll get, we'll figure all of that out once I have the shirts in hand and once I can ship them to you. So uh, anyway, of course, you can always reach out to me, any of the, those means, if you have any questions or anything about that. But uh, as well as, you know, you, you can certainly make a donation. Again, if everybody that listens to the podcast would donate $10 once a year, pretty much pay for all my normal expenses. And there's a few purchases that I would like to make for the podcast, but we'll just kind of see, see how that goes. We're not to that point yet, but I certainly appreciate any way that you support this podcast, whether it's money out of your pocket or not, just promoting the daggone thing is a really big deal in any way we can grow this. This is a tough season. You know, you look in the stands as, as, as my buddy Reed says, the bandwagon, uh, people are falling off the bandwagon. The bandwagon's a little light right now. That same goes <laughs> with the podcast, honestly. And, uh, so, um, anyway, anything you can do to help promote it. I, uh, I'm thinking of doing, 
a Q&A with Eli and I at the end of the season, kind of waiting until that. We'll, of course, do a season recap since basically the podcast is going to end two or three weeks earlier than it usually does at the end of the season. I may do a couple of kind of extra bonus episodes, and I'm already planning. In fact, I'm getting ready to record this week one of my episodes for next year, like after the offseason, long-form interviews and and uh, I'll probably also be asking for some feedback on that as well. I am interested to know who you would like to hear. So if you have ideas, you can feel free to uh, you know tweet me, leave a comment on the Facebook page, any of that stuff. Also, liking and following on social media is also a big deal. I you know I'm not paying for the blue check mark on Twitter. I'm just not. Every once in a while. You know, I'll spend, you can spend a couple of dollars advertising something on Facebook. That really doesn't happen. So I'm really relying on you to promote this thing. Um, and, you know, Twitter is the one that, that really hurts because I don't get a whole, unless we get a lot of reposts and things like that, not a lot of people see it. You have to kind of go looking for it. So anyway, anything you can do like that, I would definitely appreciate, um, and I do. I do appreciate it. There's a lot of support for this podcast, and it means the absolute world to me. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, and it's hard to believe uh, season three of this thing is uh, you know, is on the horizons, right around the corner. So that's going to do it for another edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. As always, remember, be kind, because kindness makes a difference. It does bring a little happiness to someone's day don't add to the stress and as always and no matter what go bearcats go!